If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. You can't make me do shit. <laughs> and nobody can make me do anything I don't You're not do. my mama. You're not my mama. You're not my mama. Hmm. Can I hear me? I can. Mm-hmm. Ooh, when we recorded with Morgan, I couldn't hear me because I didn't have the... Right. Oh, Randy hasn't listened it to was, that yet. It, Bless that him. That was hard. Mm, Sorry, Randy, but I tried my best. With she my, really did. She really Courtney was, was looking like out for you, Randy, better than any of us. Hand signals and looks <laughs> and getting Morgan like, because Morgan would be talking like this and then she would go back like this and then she would be talking Randy. like this and then... <laughs> I mean, it just happens. Yeah. You're just not used to it. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we here we, we were over here sharing a mic, like trying not to like <laughs> bump <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, I guess I should like get my story out. I'm like, hey, y'all. No, this is okay. Shoot the shit. Hi, Patrice. Hi, Marlea. Hi, Courtney. Hi. Mm-hmm. I'm back again. You're back Wait, again. Third time I'm here this week, but people out there don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back again. It's because of the joy of break. Oh, man. What a marvelous break it's been. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm very thankful for this break. Me too. It's really restorative. It's also good to think about how there's only one week of class left. <laughs> no <laughs> shit, I bet. Yes. Okay, and then a week of finals, but still. But still, right. It's like the end is nigh. Like I can make nigh. it through this week. It's great. You can. You can. We all can. But we can do it. We I, uh, can do it. This last week was Thanksgiving week for us in mm-hmm. Internet Radio Land. Mm-hmm. What was the best Thanksgiving food that you ate this week? Because that's what it's all about, right? Mm. We're going to celebrate like the theft of lands. Yeah. Let's talk about the food. Let's talk about the food. Best. Courtney. <laughs> Like, does it have to be like traditional Thanksgiving best? Just no, just, just your, your favorite. favorite. And it and and the disclaimer will be for any family members listening that it doesn't mean that yours was worse or better than anyone else's. And family members don't listen. I know, so. right? Man, I don't know. I really um for we had a the Iron Ball party yesterday, and it was more like charcuterie and tailgate snacks and stuff, which we're like uh, <laughs> finishing so off right much. now. Yeah, we're eating those right now. Mm, that was really good the sliders that Chad and Josh made mm, I didn't get to have one I they call them cracked chicken sliders they are so good and then for Thanksgiving food I must admit my my dressing it was the best yes <laughs> I think your dressing is one of the best we didn't have dressing anywhere else that I could have so I got my like a bite bread, of your dressing my cornbread dressing that mm-hmm. I spend days to make every year um, and I'll have it again this week because I made and froze a pan for work uh, holiday party, Christmas slash Thanksgiving. You are so fucking nice. And, uh, no, you like, really are. Nobody does this. No. You're like the best. Like we run by Walmart and pick up a package of cookies and we think like we're on top. I and know. Do we, are like, we are so amazing. We are amazing. <laughs> we remember. I and here's really some cookies. <laughs> got to carry on the tradition. I don't know who else is going to make it after me. So I wrote it down this time for reals. Yeah, I'm going real, 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 to make, real. I'm gonna make Corey learn it's how to a, make it. It's pretty much a front and back page of a uh, notebook paper college wow. rule <laughs> wow. yeah is this is this the kind of dressing that you have to like do the turkey two days ahead so that you can get the I stock don't. and i all make the... it vegetarian now i started it years ago for my uncle who was vegetarian 
And then one of my cousin's wives, she's vegetarian. And then Renee, Renee and Marlea in my life who are vegetarian. And so that's my recipe now. It's just Okay. It's vegetable it's so broth good. instead of chicken, chicken and turkey broth. Which is still it's extremely still It's homemade vegetable broth. And I was going to say, yeah. and it's homemade that vegetable I make broth. From throughout the year with vegetable pieces. So uh, it's not lacking in any flavor, I promise. So I, no, I don't even tell people it's vegetarian. It's definitely mm-hmm. not vegan. There are tons of eggs, milk, and butter in it. <laughs> <laughs> butter makes of butter. good. But so um, good, yeah, though. just no, um, no meat, no. I used to make chicken and dressing, not turkey dressing. So it would be like chicken thighs and boil those and make the broth and then, you know, pull the chicken and everything. So I just skipped that part and do a, a broth that simmers for a lot of hours mm. with all that stuff in it. Yeah. That's good. It sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What about you? Yeah. What about you, Marlene? What was my favorite? Honestly, <laughs> okay, I, this is terrible, but I'm like, one of my favorite things that I had was the thing I made. Yeah. Oh, because yeah, that kind of Waldorf salad. I made this jello. I, well, actually, the jello was really good, and a lot of people really liked it. I oh. ended up making a jello mold that was supposed to be cranberry sauce with whole cranberries, raspberry jello, and pineapple. It was beautiful. She I didn't have any stores. pineapple. Mm. And so I was like, well, what else the fuck can I throw in here? <laughs> so I just took like an apple and some pecans and Ooh. some celery, and I threw it all in the food processor. Yeah. And and I put it in and added some lime juice and maybe one other thing. I can't. And so I called it like <laughs> I called it like Thanksgiving Jello surprise. Yeah. And I made everybody guess what was in it. <laughs> but they were able to figure it out. And it was like, I I really, I really liked it in the end. Nice. I thought it was Did really good. It for the socials, we need to see that one. It's I'll a post it. I'll post it. I posted it on my private Instagram, but I'll post it in the socials yeah. now yeah. so that you can see what I did. But, but the, well. were you originally talking about the salad? Yeah. So I made this really, really easy salad that I had found years uh, ago and yeah. almost never made. And it's just like a big old bunch of spring mix or spinach or, you know, whatever you happen to have. With like thinly sliced apples, cranberries, feta, candy pecans, and a balsamic dressing with maple syrup in it that is like super, mm. super. You make the dressing, but it's super easy to make. Right. It's just maple syrup, balsamic, um, All some delicious. mustard, yeah, and um, and oil. Oh, that sounds and amazing! It it was great, mm-hmm. and I was actually kind of sad because like the second Thanksgiving we went to, it really didn't get touched very much. Mm. But the bad thing is, you put the you put the dressing on, it makes like it a one time thing. You can't save it. So it's I like I did keep done. it, but I'm like, uh, spring mix doesn't fare oh. well when it's Mm-mm, wet. It doesn't. Yeah, you have so, to like eat it within thirty minutes. Yeah, so I think deal. I'll probably end up tossing it. But I mm. I love that. I think oh. it's delicious. Oh, that sounds amazing. So, I would eat yeah. that every day. I'm I'm all about it. How about you? Well, I didn't cook this Thanksgiving. It's like the first time ever that I haven't cooked and I didn't feel bad about it. Yay! No guilt. Yes, no guilt. Here, because my dad, they basically had like a a barbecue instead of like traditional Thanksgiving. I mean, we had some traditional Thanksgiving, like macaroni and cheese and um, dressing and everything like that. But my dad has a smoker. So he smoked little drumettes and wings and then he did that flash frying to make them super crispy oh yeah right before we ate them and the flavor from the smoke and then the texture Mm. the crispiness was amazing Mm. and so first of all that i didn't have to cook everything that i ate was amazing Mm -hmm. because i didn't have to cook it (laughs) and secondly um my dad's wings and drumettes were just like 
we were fighting over them basically <laughs> me and my awesome. brother like he he made enough for us to take home like it looked like he cooked for like 50 people and there was like <laughs> seven of us um but my brother and I, my dad's like, okay, y'all can split them up. And I'm like, well, okay. And then I like got to it first because my brother has fucked me out of some <laughs> like Thanksgiving dressing before. That was my grandmother's. And like he took the whole fucking thing and I still remember and I still hate it because now my grandmother is no longer with us and I will never eat her dressing again. Oh, so, wow uh, yeah so th- there's some like definitely <laughs> there's some bad there's some, ba- some bad thoughts <laughs> or some bad uh gg with the dressing there but you know uh it, it was fun or i guess i should say i i make a point of getting two things first you know because i will not take the whole thing yeah kind of down but you know i do like we said we do want to shout out thank you morgan for coming uh to do the talk uh, last yeah, week. your listener lore. Yeah, listener lore, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. And just, I hope everybody's had like a good break. I hope it was a great Thanksgiving. If not, I hope it was bearable. I hope you got to spend time with you know the friends that you do like, and <laughs> hopefully you do like your family, and we're able to tolerate the ones that you know. <laughs> you, you know, you, love, y'all know, y'all love, know how I know Thanksgiving you love them. You may not like them. Yeah, y'all, y'all know how it is. All right. So I think we'll take a quick breather and... We'll take a quick breather. (laughs) We'll be right back. (laughs) I was wondering too. Sorry, I was writing down my recipe. Do you want more Strange South every week? We can help. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast, to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community. Do you have a story idea for us, or a story of your own to share? Email us at stories at thestrangesouth.com. Plus, if you join our Patreon, you not only help support the podcast, you get free swag, extras, exclusives, and a discount on merch. You can find links to all these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode. Strange South t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and other goodies. See you there. Cut that out, cut that out, cut that out, Randy. Cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it. And we're back. And that was a nice that radio is. intro. Thank you. <laughs> I've been practicing my radio voice. <laughs> Courtney. I love it. She's like, she knows we've been wording bad recently. So oh my she's God, like, we word so bad. I'm taking over no, this shit because y'all, y'all can't no. word good at during all. The, during the break, like nothing that we said was intelligible. It didn't make, it didn't <laughs> make any fucking sense. And it, don't blame the drinks. It's not the drink's fault. No, no, is, we are no. on two already, I will say. No, this has nothing to, well, y'all know me. Me no word good. Me no word good. All right. So I want to um, thank Allie Ward and Ologies for their November fifteenth episode with ecologist Ben Goldfarb. Ologies, I haven't, is, I haven't listened to it yet. A great podcast, anyway. It is, it's a good podcast. But the last one that they did was 
really like got my attention. I was like, oh, that's right up our alley. We should totally do this. It gave me the idea for the story. Oh, this is exciting because I haven't listened to that episode oh, yet. So, so this glad. is all like a secret to I me. I thought your just blurt out what no. it is. I'll be like, okay. No, I haven't listened to it. Okay, good. Good, good, good. About 1.5 million deer car accidents happen oh, every year. Yeah. Deer car accidents cause about 175 to 200 fatalities mm-hmm. and about 10,000 injuries annually. Deer cars. 10,000. Yeah. I'm I think some deer cars off the road. Mm-hmm. West deer Vir- cars. <laughs> uh, West Virginia is the state with the highest rate of vehicle accidents. Uh, you have like a 1 in 38 chance of hitting an animal with your vehicle. Oh, well, wow. Okay, that's high. I think that's about what it is here, too. I feel like. Yeah, well, sometimes Mississippi, it, on my road, it feels like that. On Mississippi, it's they are the seventh highest state. Then you have Arkansas coming in at 12th. South Carolina is the 13th. Hmm. Virginia is the 15th. North Carolina is 17th. Georgia is 18th. Hmm. We're all the way down there. Kentucky is 20. Alabama, you have a 1 in 88% chance hmm. of hitting something and we're the 21st hitting a deer specifically or no just hitting an animal okay Mm -hmm. but actually this i I got this information from an insurance Mm. page yeah so because they're the ones that's keeping up statistics (laughs) yeah they're like like that it's lower here then right yeah Yeah. rather be further down that insurance will go up right exactly (laughs) so i think this may be deer actually Mm -hmm. that we're talking about although i'm not 100 percent sure but i think this is deer because, you know, I research good. <laughs> Tennessee is 28. Louisiana is 38. Mm. Florida, surprisingly enough, you have one and 306 chance of hitting something. They're the 48th. So they are like really oh. low out of all the states. Well, if we're talking deer, maybe the population is just different or either the cougars have eaten the deer <laughs> right so there's not as much i almost hit a sandhill crane on the highway once in florida oh my god but i mean you can see them from a mile away so yeah you, you just slow down and they stand there and fucking stare at you and right. then they slowly walk away it is said that automobiles is responsible for at least 50 percent of the deaths of the Florida Panthers. Oh. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. <gasps> That's so sad. And actually, somebody posted recently. Yeah, one of our listeners posted of, about a Montgomery well, it, car accident. It was a, yeah, it was a, um, the podcast, the, let me pull it up on my phone. Not real quick, because, fuck. And I'm like, I just had it. Well, I screenshot it, so I'd have it. So the uh, KMH podcast posted that outside of Montgomery, Alabama last year, there was reportedly a car incident involving a cougar early one morning. Of course, no news reports, but I've heard two police officers confirm the story. Lots of Facebook reports, too, for whatever those are worth. This was preceded by reports of unusual attacks on farm, animals, and pets. Maybe from the same cougar. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the risk of colliding with a deer increases, of course, during the autumn, during mating season. Right, right now, the peak is from the last week of October through the first weeks of November. And it remains really high until January, which coincides with deer season. So deer season starts in October and it ends, I believe, like in February, the first of February. 
most car, deer car accidents happen at dusk and also in the morning mm-hmm. and also at nighttime. This is, I was teaching my kid about this recently as we were, you know, they're learning to drive and in our neighborhood, well, quote unquote neighborhood mm-hmm. in our, in our area, mm-hmm. you really got to be looking out. And I was like, these are the exact times of day uh-huh. where they're going to be out here. So you got to be looking for them. You got to know mm-hmm. what to do. Yeah. In Pennsylvania, you just lay on your horn the whole time you're driving. Right. You know, but here it's like there's, it's rural, but there's houses and stuff. So you can't exactly just honk the whole time. Right. Plus people think exactly. you're Exactly. Well, actually, the last time that Max and I, when we were over at your house and we were driving home, a deer jumped out in front of us mm. and I swerved and laid on my horn to miss it. Yeah. And it scared my son so bad that he kept just going, thank you, mom. Thank you, mom. Thank you, mom. Thank you, mom. He was like thanking me, first of all, for not hitting it because I did do some kind of like fancy swerve Mm -hmm. thing, which you're not supposed to do, but there were no cars on Mm -hmm. the road, so I could do it safely. But yeah, that like put the fear of Jesus in them. Oh, they're all over Mm -hmm. that road. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What to do if you see a deer? You put on your brakes firmly. You blow your horn, like you said, mm-hmm. and you do not swerve. Mm-hmm. Although I have known of people who have hit a deer. I've heard of a story of a person who hit a deer when I was living in Columbus. And the deer went through the front windshield, hit them, and then it went out through the back windshield. What? And, and it killed them. <gasps> no way. So yeah. that does happen. It was a freak thing, but that can happen depending on the size of your car. And oh just my like, God, that's terrifying. Yeah. And just how fast you're going and, mm-hmm. and how, you know, it just chance. Mm-hmm. So once you hit a deer, first of all, determine if anyone is injured. Check, you know, check yourself, check your passengers, uh, see if, you know, you need to call 911 or anything for anybody as soon as possible. That's like the first thing. Make sure like everybody okay. You need to, if you're like in a heavily trafficked area uh, or semi heavily trafficked area, semi heavily trafficked area, you need to um, move your vehicle into a safer area away from traffic, turn on your hazard lights, then call 911, report the accident, inform the operator that you've hit a deer. If anybody was injured, please be sure to tell them. And also like a tip. I don't know if anybody's like if y'all have called 911 before. I called 911 for the first time ever when we were on Ladiga Trail biking. And a woman um, was on one of those electric bikes. And she took a curve too quick and fell off of it. She had a helmet on, but she hit the side of her head so hard that it like she was bleeding and it knocked her out. And so we had to call... Like we called 911, it's like the helicopter came in, like the whole shebang mm-hmm. kind of deal. But one of the things, because I didn't know the woman and her husband was freaking out, so mm. he was not of much help. You know, they want to ask, like, you know, how old the woman is, you know, what's their name. They want to, like, information, medical information mm-hmm. that, you know, a lot of times you don't know. So just be prepared for those questions. I was not prepared for those questions. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't know. I'm just like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know this lady. I don't know this person. <laughs> so, you know, I had to ask the husband and stuff. But, you know, it just kind of threw me off. So know that you have to know that kind of information mm-hmm. when you talk to number one. They're always going to ask that. Also, check your vehicle. Um, if you can move and you're not in- injured, check the vehicle for damage. Document like if there's skid marks, take pictures of the skid marks on the road. Sorry. Uh-huh. 
I'm, I'm, I'm 12. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, <laughs> such an I'm 13 too. <laughs> <laughs> So you're supposed to take pictures, though? If, yeah. Of, of so like, 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 you know, take pictures of the skin marks, take pictures of the damage, take pictures of the deer, just for insurance purposes, because insurance is going to ask for that. Mm-hmm. And if you have to, like, move out of the way and stuff, like, while you're there, go ahead and do that. Do not approach the deer. If the deer is nearby, it's likely to be scared or wounded, um, which can make it more defensive mm-hmm. and more dangerous. However... If the deer is dead and you live in the southern states of West Virginia, (laughs) Tennessee, or Georgia, you can take that roadkill, strap it to your car, and find a good butcher or somebody that knows how to field dress a deer. And that's because it is legal to eat roadkill in those states. Mm. Wow. And actually... But not in Alabama. Well, it's not illegal, okay. but they have specific laws that make it legal to eat them in that state. Other states just don't address it, so mm-hmm. you can just go ahead. Mm-hmm. All right. I was going to say, I know plenty of people have done that. I was going to say, I was like, legal or no, not plenty, that's but just I know how. people who have. Right. I don't have me a chest freezer. I need like one of them. Like, yeah, anything. you do. Right. So before automobiles, roadkill wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Animals got hit by carriages or trains, but it was rare. And but, however, with like the advent of cars, the interaction between wildlife and vehicles became more frequent, especially as the car got got faster in the early 20th century. In 1920, naturalist Joseph Grinnell wrote his observation in the state of California and said that this is a relatively new source of fatality. And if one were to estimate the entire mileage of such roads, roads in the state, the mortality must mount into the hundreds and perhaps thousands every 24 hour. And he's talking about, really? about things being killed by like um, vehicles. Oh, animal fatalities. Animals. Yeah, animal oh, fatalities. Okay, okay. Yeah. I was like, damn, that's a lot of people killed by like deer cars. No, deer cars. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, nowadays... Over 1 million vertebra animals are killed by vehicle collisions every day. Oh, that's the, sad. In the world, 5.5 million animals oh. are killed a day. Have you ever, have you ever hit anything? Uh, killed oh, it? yeah, several things. Several. Don't make me tell the story again. No, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell the story. <laughs> maybe maybe B-Sod. Let's know. She, I don't think no. she wants to tell that story today. <laughs> I think I've already told it on here. Yes, I think you have. <laughs> Okay. But yeah, like, yeah. Okay. Unfortunately. I cried when I killed a fucking, like, uh, morning dove. It was the first thing I killed in my car. And I was like a junior in college. Oh. And it flew into my car. And I was Mm. like, oh my God, I killed it. I wouldn't say like a whole lot, but I would definitely say like a dozen things I've killed. Mm. I tell you what. Birds and possums especially. Yeah. More things in Alabama than I have Mississippi. Mm. Like by far. So we're saying the insurance numbers might be a tad off. Five. They just don't report it in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. All right. So during the Great Depression era, uh, because of tough economic times, roadkill became a vital source of protein for struggling families in rural areas. Post-World War II and during the suburban expansion, America's road networks expanded, car ownership skyrocketed, became common. And roadkill incidences increased. During this period, it also saw a shift in perception that roadkill was often seen as a nuisance or a sad 
byproduct of American life mm-hmm. rather than a resource. And of course, roadkill and popular culture in the mid to late 20th centuries, uh, it became a symbol of rural life or mm-hmm. like dark humor. Mm-hmm. It also began to be seen in more of a positive life, however, by environmentalists and naturalists who view salvaging roadkill as a form of waste reduction and ethical consumption. Hmm. So modern day cuisine in recent years um, has there has been like a resurgence in it and it views like roadkill as a sustainable food. Some chefs and foodies are advocating for it uh, as a way to reduce waste and eat locally. <laughs> eat local. <laughs> wow, I didn't know about this locally sourced roadkill movement. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm, you I'm heard it a, here first. I'm having a hard time with it because in my experience of roadkill, like there's not much left to. Eat, yeah, but, that's what I'm thinking. Know, gonna, so much of it is like we're squirrel. Talk, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, what we see is like really bad. Like and what has been it hit had? over and over and over again? Has right. it not got? Like, do you want to make sure it's... We're going to talk about that, too. Okay. We're going to talk about it, too. I'm concerned. I have questions. Okay. okay. We're, we're going to address <laughs> everybody's concern. Did we flip it or did we roll two full tires over it? Right. Exactly. <laughs> this is okay. a big difference. I just don't want to be the person who gets out of my car and has to look at it. That's the, mm. you know, I, I just, oh. Of course, I'm thinking about my cat. Oh, I'm so... It's just recently well, been but your hit cat, by a car that's alive. No, your cat hit that car <laughs> she's a fucking boss <laughs> exactly all right okay oh one eye juliet dead eye juliet <laughs> dead eye juliet <laughs> i can't she's wait to get her her first pet she's a sweet girl she's living on the couch right she's now. not roadkill no, no she's, living on she's not, a hero not roadkill juliet no she so is a hero. There is a um there's cookbooks out there that you can find. Oh yeah. Especially um The Roadkill Cafe. Yeah, there's cafes as well. <laughs> Buck Peterson, who's actually in Minnesota, which is ninth on the list, Ooh. um, is a oh, humor yes. writer and he wrote a number of recipes and a lot of the recipe books. Well he wrote the original Roadkill Cookbook and the International Roadkill Cookbook and the total roadkill cookbook. Oh, and a lot of these are tongue in cheek. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the recipes you would not do because it's like you know, put them on the engine, like, you know, boil them in oil, like motor oil and stuff like that. So you know, a lot of it's just for humor and for you know, campy fun. There is a roadkill cooking for campers done by Charles um, Aroni. Uh, and his like advice on cooking outdoors, like if you come across roadkill as a possibility. There is another chef who wrote a book, uh, Jeff Eberbaum, had a gourmet-style gourmet roadkill cooking book, which gives advice on converting roadside possum, deer, turtle, or skunk carcasses into tasty treats, mm. including squirrel skunk. pot pie, mm. groundhog hoagies. Oh, well, we're going to need to know that around oh our town right gosh. now. Groundhog hoagies. Yeah, and I'll tell you a little bit about groundhogs in a second. God, there's one losing my yard now yeah oh, see so he's dinner soon yep <laughs> and cream coon casserole oh my god also there is a roadkill stir fry and you know when we were doing the festivals episode there was that uh west virginia roadkill uh festival that yeah, they yeah absolutely which is also tongue-in-cheek but which is tongue-in-cheek and we'll talk about that too i have them down here so here's your guide to knowing if roadkill like you know just 
if it's okay or not. Okay. Right? How fresh is it? It's the first question you want to ask. Like, like, did you hit it yourself? Did you hit it yourself or did you see it being hit? And how flat is it? Exactly. <laughs> how fresh or flat? So if you saw it, then it's okay. But if you saw it and it's flat, don't eat it. No. <laughs> if you saw it or if you didn't see it, questionable. Mm. We'll talk about how to tell if, you okay, know, but if it's, it's flat. Rigor. <laughs> always, always if it's flat, no. It's mm-hmm. a no-go. Absolutely. Any part. Any part flat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Except for the head. If the head's flat and then the rest of the body's oh, okay. Okay. But. Only, oh my God. Only hey, we're getting there today. We're in the weeds. Yeah, we love it. I love it here. Okay. <laughs> Let me do the weeds. <laughs> Little groundhog hoagie. This one will say to that one that tries to run after me at the library, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to turn you into a hoagie. This one will tell it next week when I go back to work. <laughs> all right. So, what are the ethics and legalities of all this? So, Mississippi is similar to Alabama as it has regulations that make it difficult to legally take roadkill for consumption, actually. Oh, wait. So it's hard to. That's interesting. If anybody's paying attention, which is unlikely. If if you're reporting it, which nobody the fuck around here is going to report it. Oh, no. Hell no. No. Um, Florida has a strict wildlife conservation law uh, that prohibits from collection of roadkill because the main thing that they want to do is, first of all, they want to make sure that you're not intentionally killing exotic or yeah. endangered species. Are you like off-roading <laughs> right. after some gator? Yeah. Right. Off-roading for some gator. <laughs> <laughs> In Louisiana, while it's strictly, not strictly illegal, there are complex regulations that make it challenging to legally use roadkill as well. So it's like, what they're saying is like, if you kill something... You're supposed to, like, contact, like, the game and wildlife people. And, you know, they're supposed to come out and tag it and make sure that it's not on the endangered species list. Mm. And then, basically, they'll, like, let you know. Nobody's going to fucking wait around for that. Like, you No, know? I was going to say, I don't think I know anybody who even calls 911 when they hit a deer. Right. I, I, most of the time, if you're... Unless it's, like... You call your insurance company, maybe. But. Right. Yeah, but I don't know if you have to call like the police to like have a report for your insurance company. Oh, maybe that is. I don't is, know how that works. Maybe that is. And a I thing. didn't look that up. But yeah, interesting. But see, so these rules exist. They exist, but they are not really followed, mm. right? In Tennessee, however, um, they are known for their practical approach to roadkill, allowing people to collect it and use it. And there was actually legislature that made them like the laughing stock and a bunch of like papers talk about them because um, Tim Burchett hmm. in 1999 wanted to pass a bill allowing the processing and consumption of roadkill before notifying the warden. Uh, but I don't think it actually passed. And the Tennessee Wildlife Resource Agency actually stated that no wildlife officer would have charged a citizen with possession of roadkill with mm-hmm. intent to eat, you know, kind of <laughs> deal. So they wanted so they're to make like, it, you're going to make a law for this, but it's not a problem. Is that what really they're saying? But it's really not a problem. Right. Yeah, right. They make a law for something that really doesn't need a law for it. Georgia is similar to Tennessee, uh, has laws permitting it. The collection of roadkill for consumption, not going to like charge anybody for it. Interestingly enough, Georgia claims that they invented Brunswick stew, which is a traditional Mm. dish eaten throughout the Southeast, uh, which may have originally contained roadkill or the um, 
the critters that make up roadkill. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you ever had Brunswick stew? Yeah, but I thought it was beef. Well, it normally I think mo- most is. of the people oh. who sell it and make it make okay. it out of beef now. Yeah. But originally like it contained squirrel. And yeah, and it's rabbit. like a gamey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they have one over at uh, what's the barbecue place down the road? Cooter Brown. Cooter Brown. So they have a great Brunswick stew, but mm. it's like pork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so good. If y'all can eat at Cooter Brown's in Jacksonville, get their Brunswick stew. They only have it during like the cold months. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so anyway. It's a cold weather dish in, that they served in Georgia. And like I said, usually it contains like goat, dove, squirrel, and some say rat, but we'll talk about rats in a second. Hmm. Kentucky, the traditional roadkill stew or wild game stew is known as burgoo. Interesting. I've never heard of that. And it, I hadn't either. Burgoo? Mm-hmm. Burgoo. B-E-R-G-U-R-G-O-O. Ah. Burgoo. Burgoo. Say Kentucky. Mm. And so this is a Kentucky stew-like burger. soup that has squirrel, rabbit, possum, but meat, whatever, whatever meat is available and vegetables. Mm. And it's not as, not as popular now because we have declining populations of hunters. Like we don't hunt like we used to do mm-hmm. back like in grandma and grandpa days. And it's widely served in... Kentucky Kentuckians I guess know about it like I said we didn't know about it down here uh and Owensboro is supposed to be their burgoo capital of the world mm-hmm. Arkansas burgoo Arkansas has no laws whatsoever uh, whatsoever <laughs> they are lawless like the wild west the only thing is it's like you know if you hit something uh and you contact you know the gaming fish commission people then they're going to come out and see again if it's endangered or not and that's really the big thing they just want to make sure like you know you said they're not off-roading for gators or yeah. cougars or it's like somebody just like tossed their giraffe in the road my god could you imagine trying to field dress a giraffe I just hit it. it was headed straight for us what <laughs> where are you gonna like i don't know <laughs> Okay, so you talked about the Roadkill Festival, the um, <laughs> one that's in West Virginia, and it obviously they don't use roadkill, but uh, all the the food that they make there are of the wild game that's normally used in roadkill. Mm-hmm. And this yeah, is, it's like stuff that you could kill right. reasonably kill on the road. Right. Yeah. So they have dishes there like <laughs> pothole possum stew. <laughs> <laughs> fricasseed wabbit gumbo wabbit uh, w wabbit teriyaki marinated bear deer wow. sausage oh that's an interesting one yeah. and you know i ate i grew up eating deer spaghetti with my cousins and it was delicious like mm-hmm. i miss having fresh venison mm-hmm. and my grandmother made fried venison medallions mm-hmm. that would make you weep they're so good and she tenderized them perfectly and again missing my grandmother this thanksgiving because of all of her cooking and all mm. of her dishes and stuff and that was one of them it's like deer medallions oh so good because mm. we we're not going to go out and shoot a deer and i know i was like you know like I, I, it's like you have to know people nowadays right mm-hmm. yeah yeah Okay. I mean, I grew up with it too. I mean, my fa- family still hunts. No. Deer. Yeah. Randy's um, Randy's yeah, grandma like, and grandpa hunted that. in Missouri up until 
up until they went into the nursing home, his grandparents would go out and go out for hunting season every year. It's, it's free food. Even mm-hmm. my cousins, like my age, hunt. Yeah, mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania, home. though, my cousins all one do. Of my female, one of my female cousins, and then mm-hmm. a couple of my male cousins. Yeah, I mean, I know there are a lot of folks, especially like in in Pleasant Valley where I live. There were there were a lot of folks who still would post pictures of their kids first mm-hmm. first buck, right? You know, every hunting season, and you know, it's just because you. There's plenty of places up here you can. Oh, there's hunting counts. Oh, you can. Yeah, yeah. you can absolutely hunt mm-hmm. easily up here. It's just. Yeah, you're right. I don't think. Nobody in I don't our think group. a lot of people do. Yeah. And I'd, I wouldn't be, you know, it's like I'm I'm all about sustainable eating. I wouldn't be able to do it. If I wouldn't be able to do it, I'm not going to eat it. So, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. My deers are safe. Your deers are safe. <laughs> Unless I let my tiny dog out. <laughs> Bite their ankles off. <laughs> Approaching this from like, you know, environmental and animal rights uh, angle, wildlife conservation, the pros of this. They say, um, from the conservationist standpoint, is you're utilizing roadkill that can be uh, seen as a way to prevent waste, and it doesn't contribute to additional wildlife uh, population pressures uh, since these animals were accidentally killed. However, the cons of this, there, cons- there is concern that normalizing the use of roadkill might inadvertently encourage less cautious less caution among drivers i call bullshit on yeah, that I it's gonna too. hurt your car it's gonna hurt your yeah. insurance prices like that's bullshit right uh potentially leading to more wildlife vehicles collision people are not going no. to swerve no. to hit deer now they're no. gonna swerve to hit snakes but they're already swerving to hit snakes they you know i are. mean like nothing's gonna change <laughs> you're absolutely right and they have done studies to show that people will go out of their way to hit a snake and it's more, it, they've like done, they've done snake decoy test. Actually. Oh, really? And people yeah. will go and after people them? people will actually speed up and like move their cars to oh, hit the snakes. I hate that. Snakes I and them. turtles, actually. <gasps> no! Bitch! I know. I know. turtles! That's know. not fair. But they also, they also, during the study, found that like 3% of the population would pull over, stop yeah. the cars, and move the snake or the turtle I off the road. I will not move the snake. I'm not moving, I'm not moving the, the snake. turtle. I know people that will move snakes off the road. If the snake won't move itself, snakes, it I, doesn't need to. I don't aim for them, but no, I, I don't either. to help them. I will but take you know a what? Maybe we should pick one up and stew it up. A snake? <laughs> I mean, it's if good it's, eating. It's, it's supposed just, to be. If it's just, just the head. If, they're just the head? No, if you kill just the head. Oh, if you just flatten the head. Yeah. If it's like the rest of us. Are they kind of bony? They're very bony. Mm. A lot of vertebrae. Like, <laughs> I love that. You're just saying that because you would kill it. I, I might. Oh, well, I would eat it. You can't eat it. But you're supposed to be able to eat them, so I'm saying. I'm not eating it. I did think about it while we were talking before. Vegetarian <laughs> for me over like, eating a watch, snake. Unless watch out. Times are desperate. Here we come. Here we come. <laughs> Animal rights groups advocate for, actually advocate for the use of roadkill for food as ethically preferable to hunting or factory mm-hmm. farming as the animals were not killed intentionally for food. And it's interesting. In May of uh, 2002, representatives from PETA, the People for Ethical Treatment of Animals, called on Texas legislature to legalize the eating of roadkill because it's not legal to eat roadkill in Texas. Mm-hmm. That's a uh, little surprising. The t- I know it is, right? It's legal to do a lot of things in Texas. Right. Mm-hmm. They do it anyway, right? 
The Texas Park and Wildlife official said that the department strongly encourages all persons to avoid engaging in the collection of any animal life on public roads. So PETA wrote a tongue-in-cheek article. Uh, PETA also wrote a tongue-in-cheek article referring to the phenomena which urges non-vegetarians to kick their unhealthy meat addictions, including a description of roadkill as meat without murder. And suggested that die-hard meat eaters can help clear their conscience and the streets by eating roadkill. Hmm. Health and safety concerns are also a problem. See, they, that's the whole thing I've been thinking about. Is like, what about disease? Mm-hmm. What about worms? Right. What about? We'll, yeah. go, we'll go into that in just hey. a second. Okay. You know, they emphasize the importance. Everybody emphasizes the importance of ensuring that roadkill is safe for consumption, as animals killed on the road can carry diseases or toxins. Right. There is somebody, Sandor Katz, with a Z, wrote a book called The Revolution Will Not Be Microwaved. (laughs) And he makes a case for eating roadkill in the name of sustainability. And he talks at length about North Carolina Earth Skills, or about a North Carolina Earth Skills collective whose members uh, turned to eating roadkill in the spring of 2002 and now have become like the center of information on evaluating skinning and cooking mm. roadkill, as well as turning the hides in for good use. Oh, that's pretty cool. So mm-hmm. they have like, so if you want to like, if this is something that you want to try, or maybe you hit something, and like they're like a good resource to like say, okay, this is safe. Mm-hmm. What do I do with it next? I need the right kind of car to do any of this. I was just thinking like, there's no way I'm getting a damn... <laughs> dead raccoon in the back of my van nope there's blood everywhere oh, man yeah it's you just, just need, you need a truck to just sling it in I the need back a of truck. the truck i need to get me a truck mm-hmm. but you know it's all about balance and act both conservatives and national uh, animal rights group agree the importance of respecting wildlife and minimizing human impact on animal populations the use of bird kill when done responsibly and safely can be seen as Part of this balance, though it's small and somewhat niche aspects, it's definitely a subculture mm-hmm. aspect of a broader wildlife and animal welfare considerations. So more than likely, if you live in a rural area, you have hit a deer, or if you had a close call, please send your stories to us <laughs> yeah. at the Strange South Podcast at gmail.com or DM us on the socials. We will try to get to the. <laughs> we will I don't try. know. The, the don't send pictures. I don't want pictures. No, <laughs> unless you've like made soup with yeah, it. Yeah, then yeah. I want to see oh, the yeah. soup, the roadkill mm-hmm. soup or anything. But like, if you got near call, like roadkill hitting things with your car, um, let us know. Um, we may share your story online, but be sure to check out next week's episode. We're going to show. Uh, I'm going to share a few of my incidences and talk more about roadkill recipes culture and talk about how to tell whether or not it's safe to eat Mm. Mm. very good more so than just the is it fresh or is it flat (laughs) (laughs) fresh or flat that's the name of this episode is it fresh or or is it flat fresh or flat fresh or flat well thank y'all so much for listening and we will talk to you later bye bye y'all Fresh for flat.